Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. We have unleashed the Kraken. I I rarely do I do it, but I got to go back to the well. Because I am not saying that every business is held harmless. I'm asking a question about how you, what happens to the money? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Let me hear your thoughts here. This has to do with student loan payoffs. This has to do with a court ruling from the U.S. Court of Appeals blocking rules implemented by the Department of Education that would have made it easier for defrauded borrowers to get access to student debt relief. The question isn't surface. The question might actually be very complicated. If a train left New York at 300 miles per hour and accelerated speed 15 miles per hour and traveled a distance of 683 miles, tell me, sir, what time would that train reach Chicago? Thank you, Johnny Dangerously. It's a rough one. I mean, so much so, my executive producer, Matt Hemlin, just emailed me and said, are you out of your damn mind? Whoa, 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 whoa. I said there's a question here, and there is a little bit of buyer beware. Caveat emptor. Matt Hemlin, you're if you're around, step into the studio. Let's fight this one out. Let's start with what the rules are. This panel in, in uh, of judges granted an injunction in favor of career colleges and schools of Texas. This is until the case is heard on appeal in November. So CCST, Career Colleges of Schools of Texas. CCST is a for-profit group representing trade schools and for-profit colleges in Texas. This group sued the Department of Education because the Department of Education released these rules that made it easier for students defrauded by their schools to get debt relief. So the department has this defense program, right? It's available to individuals with student loans who believe they were defrauded by their institutions. That's usually for-profit colleges. Maybe that's what we consider trade schools in some ways, uh, being for-profit colleges. Uh, someone can correct me on that. I'm utilizing it as a catch-all. Uh, please, uh, let's, let's not kill the messenger here. Let's make sure we're all at least understanding the subject. So the new rules include barring schools from forcing students to sign mandatory arbitration agreements and borrowers getting automatic student debt relief a year after a school closes. The career colleges and schools of Texas, this as reported by The Hill, Lexi Lonis reporting, they sued the administration. They argue that the rules are just another way for the administration to give student loan forgiveness and that the standards for fraud were unfair to colleges. A district court originally said, nope, 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 nope. We don't buy into that. Then they went to the Fifth Circuit. The Fifth Circuit says, whoa up, whoa up. 
and you've got a bunch of career education colleges saying, uh, here's one quote, we are pleased that the Fifth Circuit has ruled in favor of delaying the onset of the borrower defense to repayment and close school discharge regulations. The facts presented by uh, career colleges and schools of Texas are compelling. Imposing these two provisions would have been detrimental to career schools in Texas and across the country. So let's make sure what, what it is that we're talking about. First, where it seems that we're really only talking about the school world, the education world. So uh, somebody on, on Twitter, who is that? Uh, Dark Rogue. Dark Rogue 17 on Twitter asked, what about good faith aspects of business? If every transaction is at risk, there wouldn't be any lemon laws. Dark Rogue's point is, if I'm going to sit here and say, well, caveat emptor, buyer beware. You put your money into something. It doesn't work out. Why should you be bailed out? So Dark Rogue is saying, well, you got to have some faith. The business has got to be you know, serious about providing the good or service, my exec, Matt Hiblin, I don't, I don't know if Matt's in studio or not, because I'm never in studio. You're saying that if I go to a jewelry store and buy a diamond ring, and it turns out that it's cubic zirconium, you're saying that's on me for not having an independent party confirm it's a diamond before I buy it? I don't agree with that. There should be a basic expectation of legitimacy to every business deal. I don't disagree, but I think that we're not including the real difference here. And maybe that's my fault because I had brought up the cubic zirconia, brought it up as a business thing. I shouldn't. We're discussing this education thing. If I go to a jewelry store to buy a diamond and it's a cubic zirconia, I can sue the jewelry store. But that doesn't mean I'm going to get my money back. It does not mean that I'm going to get my money back. They could go out of business and I have sued the ether. I am not saying that the business shouldn't be held liable. I'm saying that there is no guarantee I'm going to get my money back. Why in education should there be that guarantee? That is bourbon on the barstool stuff. Because that's what's being asked, right? In every other private situation, private sales situation, right? If, 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 if I buy X and it's not what it was represented to be, of course I can sue. And with some companies, they'll just refund my money. And if they don't refund my money, I'll sue. Uh, and they, they might be liable for, for damages, and they're too big of a company to just go out of business, so they pay the damages. They took their shot, and it didn't work out. But in education, the taxpayer is being asked to provide the compensation for the borrower who, yes, very possibly got hosed. And outside of Enron and the airlines, I want to know where else that happens. I meant Solyndra. Oh, I said Enron. Oh, would have been such a good joke, too. Oh, oh, that's going to haunt me for days. That is going to haunt me for days. Seriously, where else do we engage this, this bailout? Where... 
how, how, how do we do that? Why do we do that? Why on education is it somehow something different? And and let's take it out of this thing about about the 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 career colleges, the trade schools, because I, I don't like it when people crap on trade schools. I think they're extremely important. I think, let me tell you, uh, if you have a kid wondering what they want to do with their life and they're not interested in coding, if they could figure out how to fix my HVAC system, that would be great. They will be millionaires soon. Oh, don't get me wrong. It's going to be hot and sweaty, but the vacations are going to be amazing. Um, why do we look at education as something different? Why is it that the person who gets a student loan is somehow deserving of something? Why? I want to I want to understand why what else can I say this isn't what I bargained for and not pay on I can't do it with my meal at a restaurant that's defrauding an innkeeper I can't do it on my home I get evicted and I have no place to live why this why do people who aim for higher education, think that they're entitled to something. Why do they think they're special? I I have no problem with college. None as a concept. I have a serious problem with how we do it in the United States. I have a serious problem with higher education. I have a serious problem with the failures. I have a serious problem with the ideological pursuit as opposed to the educational rigors. Serious issues all the way around. But the student seems to think that their choices have no repercussions and that life should be designed to protect them against everything. Show me where I'm off base here. Show me where I'm missing it. Is the business liable if the business is committing a fraud? Yes, I agree that the business is liable if the business is committing a fraud. When did that ever translate into you are guaranteed to get your money back? I I, I don't understand. I don't understand. People put their money into Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff screwed these people with their pants on. You go after Bernie Madoff, the federal government, the state of New York is responsible for paying these people back. Do I have the story right that Kevin Bacon was one of the people who got totally screwed by Bernie Madoff? Can you look that up, AJ? AJ's running the board today. It was Kevin Bacon and his wife, Kara Sedgwick. They got just wrecked by Bernie Madoff. I think they were one of those people. Who is he supposed to sue? I mean, that guy knows a lawyer well within six degrees. Who is he supposed to sue? He sues Bernie Madoff. The state of of wherever is supposed to say, you know, here you go. Sorry that happened. Here's your check. Can we talk about how I got hosed 
Amway? By the way, please don't sue me, Amway. You were great. It was all my fault. I can't wait for my next delivery of toilet paper. Thank you so very much. That's the point. The argument is not that the business has no culpability. The argument is in the real world, even the culpability doesn't mean that you will be made whole. I argue there is more good than evil in the world. I argue that there are more honest people than evil people in the world. I argue that most people want to make an honest living and want to provide the service to which they are paid because it gives them a sense of pride. I believe that to be true down to my soul. Sometimes the crap don't work out. Sometimes you get burned. That, kids, is called luck. And sometimes it's bad. I have a, a, a friend who um, is one of two people in my entire life, when everything was looking bleak for me, said, hey, I'll hire you. One of two, and maybe not everybody even gets two. Um, whoever reached out said, I will put myself on the line for you. And a few years back, Oh, God, this might be 10 years ago. He asked me if I, I believe in luck. And and I said, I, I'm not quite sure where you're going with the conversation. I think luck exists. Certainly it, it, it does. And he uh, espoused a, a theory that in the end, luck is everything. Because there are multiples of smart people with smart ideas and yet X happened that led to Y, that led to Z, that led to the downfall. How many perfectly smart people decided to open up restaurants in March of 2020 only to find that COVID would ruin them? These people dumb? These people fools? No. Unlucky. 10 years later, I'm uh, I'm sitting with this friend in Arizona having a cigar where he states to me that he is he has never actually been this angry in his whole life. He has never had this much resentment in his whole life because here he is a guy who did everything right and had successes, built a business right, paid his taxes right, hired people right. He is what America wants. And yet these people don't want to pay their student loans. Yet these people uh, get, get checks for doing nothing. Yet we have a whole COVID world that picked winners and losers. This is America. What the hell just happened here? I understood the anger, like you might very well understand the anger. It was an interesting kind of juxtaposition to the luck conversation. Luck has a lot to do with it. Sometimes people get unlucky, and that stinks. And sometimes it's because other people hurt them, and they should be held to account. But it doesn't mean that you still don't deal with the hurt. Why do we treat the student loans differently? 
We shouldn't. I'm Tony Katz. So first, it is unknown how much Kevin Bacon lost to Bernie Madoff. Bacon uh, is allegedly worth $45 million, him and his wife, and they admit they lost a bunch of money in Madoff. So I don't know. I don't know how much, but it was, a, it, it was clearly a fair amount. And then we have this breaking news that the U.S. and Saudi Arabia agreeing on an outline of a deal where Saudi Arabia recognizes Israel in exchange for concessions to the Palestinians. I don't know what the concessions are. Do the concessions involve the absolute elimination of Hamas, including every last single member and the mullahs, hardliners, and clerics of Iran? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. The Saudi crown prince, that's Mohammed bin Salman, met with Jake Sullivan, President Biden's national security advisor. This, as the story is reported through the Wall Street Journal. Negotiators have now moved into discussing specifics, including addressing Saudi requests that the U.S. help them develop a civilian nuclear program and offer, as is described, ironclad security guarantees. Oh. Oh, God. Um... I'm sorry, I'm running through the catalog of bourbon that I have and figuring out exactly how much I have to drink to be able to deal with this. I'm, I have issues aplenty. I, I accept the real world. I have issues aplenty dealing with Saudi Arabia. You allow 9-11 terrorists to train, you don't even get smacked in the face We didn't even say, find 50 members of the royal family, go hang them. That's your penance. Nothing. I haven't gotten over that. And now, and now we're going to help them build a civilian nuclear program. The Saudis want, quote, significant concessions from Israel, unquote, that would promote the creation of a Palestinian state. And in return, the U.S. is pressing Saudi Arabia to impose limits on its growing relationship with China. (sighs) Now, let's be clear about a couple things. I am, as a baseline, in favor of this concept, uh, which is Saudi Arabia recognizing Israel and there being more peace and stability in the region. And of course, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And Saudi Arabia is no fan of Iran if we're going to just have a Sunni Shia conversation. Certainly, you want Saudi Arabia always looking westward and not eastward at the U.S. and not at China. There's a lot at play here. But how in the world do you expect the Israelis to engage some level of peace with the quote-unquote Palestinians without dealing with the Iranians? How many more deals have to be given to the Palestinians? You still have to get rid of Hamas. If the plan is to kill every member of Hamas, all right, I'm in. It's an interesting development. I'll dig into more of it. Uh, tomorrow for sure in the meantime it's a state of of emergency in Massachusetts and I'll tell you why I'm Tony Katz 
I mean, come on. Russian hoax? You shame yourself every day. You shame yourself every day. If you don't see a linkage here. Right. If you don't see the linkage of the Russians trying to sow confusion, and then Donald Trump on his own, learning from people that he's always admired on his own to just create a process that will sow confusion, that's illegal, that will sow delay, and if he's lucky, will create riots in the streets and they can use the Insurrection Act to declare martial law. And you call it free speech. I call it un-American and guess what? Most Americans agree with me and not you. You're disgusting. It's always good to be yelled at by Joe Scarborough. It's important to, to, to get that in at least once a day so you're reminded of what an elitist sounds like. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. It's the, the, the lecturing, the posturing. Trump is just like the Russians and you call it free speech you're disgusting. You're the problem. Don't you get it? Everything that they do is righteous and everything you do is the problem. You're the threat to democracy. You're the threat to humanity. By the way, Scarborough wasn't done. And I say that to the Republican establishment that's been going, oh, you know, there's two standards of justice here. Hunter Biden's laptop, Hunter Biden. And over here, we're talking about an illegal scheme. To overthrow an election? To get riots in the streets so Donald Trump can declare martial law? And you're saying there's some sort of legal equivalency? There's some sort of moral equivalency? That's grotesque. And what's so sad for you is you know it's grotesque. Donald Trump was trying to get riots in the streets? Did, when, at what moment did Joe Scarborough go QAnon? Can someone, can someone check in on that for me? Maybe get back to me, give me an understanding of what the bloody hell is happening here. The, the ugliness of equivalence is that you don't want to look into the Hunter Biden stories at all. And you don't want to recognize that the White House has been lying to America for years about what Joe Biden knew about Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings. He lied. Everything about Joe Biden is a lie. All his plagiarism, the stories about when he says uh, that Bo Biden, his son, died in Iraq. Everything about his growing up, it would seem his days as a lifeguard, his conversations about Amtrak, they're all lies. And you can argue that some of them are indeed harmless. But you can't argue that you were there for dinners with your drug-addled, untrustworthy son, helping him work deals where he got dollars for access to you. You knew exactly what was going on, even if you weren't a part of the conversation. It was a wink and a nod. Those niceties that people like Representative Dan Goodman keep talking about, sorry, Dan Goldman keep talking about, Those niceties were the wink and the nod. And if the Biden's last name ended in a vowel, they'd be in jail already. Joe Scarborough, let's just be perfectly clear about what we're talking about. 
You want to argue that Trump's a bad guy, you feel free. You want to argue that because Trump's a bad guy, we can't talk about Hunter Biden. You're a ridiculous, elitist schmuck. Don't you get it? You're not worth talking about? I know. Why am I talking about him? Because uh, he gets to have a TV show. This is allowable by MSNBC standards. This is considered intellectual by MSNBC standards. And maybe you're right. Maybe I should just ignore it. But there are people who are going to buy into it. And I think it's important that we know about it so we know how to confront it. Now, I don't think I should be able should be digging into these uh, stories every day. I think you got to let some of this stuff pass. But Trump was trying to create riots so he could declare martial law. I got to admit, I hadn't heard that one before. I, I it, it's it's as QAnon as anything else. So you know, yeah, uh, it, it's it's uh, Joe Q Scarborough. I guess that's what we call him now, Joe Q Scarborough. Because that why isn't that conspiracy theory? Why are we why are we would give that any kind of of respect whatsoever? The argument should not be we can look at one and not the other. The argument should be we look at all the things because as Americans, this is what we should do. And it is possible and edging towards probable that Joe Biden was given money for his positions, for statements, that access was indeed paid for. Not the illusion of access. That's a representative Dan Goldman lie. He brought that up so he could then use that as a line. He brought it up in the questioning of Devin Archer. He's the one who said illusion of access. Never Devin Archer. He brought it up so he could then use the line to try and get this talking point out that no one was Getting access. Hunter just wanted to present the illusion of access. It's low-class lawyer bullcrap. My God, no rational person on the streets buys into it. No person on the streets buys into this fraud, Dan Goldman, uh, the the fraud that Dan Goldman is putting out there. No one. And no one should buy into this uh, from Joe Q. Scarborough. You don't have to like Trump. You can argue that things Trump did was wrong. Trump was doing what the Russians were trying to do. That's a take. That's a take. Trump was trying to create riots so he could he could have martial law. That's the kind of stuff you see on Twitter. That is QAnon stuff, and that's why he's Joe Q. Scarborough. But you can't pay attention to Hunter Biden because Donald Trump is bad? Dude, that's, that's beyond un-American. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous is the state of Massachusetts. The state of Massachusetts has decided that it's time to declare in the state a full-on emergency. That's right. It's an emergency in Massachusetts. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! What's going on? Holy crap, I am freaking out. And what's the emergency? I am so glad you asked. The emergency is that they have too many illegal immigrants. Um, hey, hey, Tony. Yeah, yeah, what's up? What's going on? Uh, Liz, did I, did I hear you right that Massachusetts is declaring an emergency because there's too many illegal immigrants? Oh, yeah, that, that, that's absolutely uh, correct. Uh, the governor there, uh, Democrat, uh, she has uh, stated uh, that they have to declare a state of emergency because the uh, rate of migration is unsustainable. 
State employees and our partners have been miracle workers throughout this crisis, going above and beyond to support families and using every tool at their disposal to expand shelter capacity by nearly 80% in the last year. But in recent months, demand has increased to levels that our emergency shelter system cannot keep up with, especially as the number of families leaving shelter has dwindled due to a lack of affordable housing options and barriers to securing work. Uh, and then and then she continued in the statement, I am declaring a state of emergency in Massachusetts and urging my partners in the federal government to take action, take the action we need to address this crisis by streamlining the work authorization process and passing comprehensive immigration reform. So, yeah, they they've uh, uh, taken in too many illegal immigrants. And so now they're declared a state of emergency. Uh, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. No, what's up? Um, uh, Massachusetts is a sanctuary state, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massachusetts uh, has often discussed and long discussed that they're they're not going to cooperate with the federal government uh, in enforcing any immigration laws and enforcing deportations and and things like that. We're not we're not going to do anything like that. They've said that before. So so they so they're a sanctuary state and now they're complaining about all of the illegal immigrants that they have. Well, that's right. That's right. That's right. They, they are a sanctuary state uh, that wanted to show you how good and decent they are while showing you what a worthless bigot you are. And now that they have to deal with the problem, they want the federal government to step in because they can't afford to deal with the problem anymore because it's just too many illegal immigrants. Let them live in Fenway. I don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear the complaining. Don't want to hear the caterwauling. And I don't want comprehensive immigration reform. I want to put an end to that. That doesn't say anything. Comprehensive immigration reform doesn't mean anything. I want to talk policy. What are the governor's policies? Comprehensive immigration reform is a bullcrap argument made by lesser minds when they want to sound very important to their constituents what does it mean what does it mean it doesn't mean anything i want to know if you favor shutting down the border i want to know if you want to criminalize illegal entry to the point that we don't allow them ever back into the country nor do we allow their children or grandchildren in the country we ensure people are coming through lawful ports of entry And then we engage legislation from the lawful points of entry that categorizes people and ensures that we are taking in people into the country. We do want legal immigration into the country, but not legal immigration. And that leads to here's all the money we're going to spend on you. It shouldn't have to cost the taxpayer an arm and a leg. Here's your voting rights. No, you don't get to vote just because we let you into the country, let's say on some kind of work visa. And we should be clear, we need the workers. So we should be having open, active discussions regarding work visas. But willy-nilly entry... Pathways to citizenship, voting rights, money? No, no, no. That's just not going to work. That's not comprehensive immigration reform. That's the destruction of the republic. So the answer is no. Now what? Your move. Let's talk about what it is we're going to do. If you tell me, Governor, as you keep telling me, Governor Healy, 
comprehensive immigration reform. You're not saying anything. You're just blowing smoke and not the good kind. So let's not buy into that. Let's talk policy. And let's start with the biggest one of all. Massachusetts, you deserve what you get. I want you to admit a couple of things. I want you to admit that when you claim to be a sanctuary state, you were pompous, lying frauds. It was easy to claim being a sanctuary state when you didn't have people coming to your border. When it was all on Texas and you could blame Texas for every little thing. It was easy. So you acted like a tough guy when you had no skin in the game. That's disgusting, and you should apologize to America for playing the tough guy, and then when things get a little tough for you, you just fold up and cry, declare a state of emergency. This is what you wanted. Now you should suffer. Of course you should suffer. And when I say let them live at Fenway, well, find a place for them to live. Maybe you got a bunch of those rich professors at Harvard and wherever else. They could take in two or three families. Go on. Show us how decent you are. Show us how it should be done. Lead the way. So first, you need to apologize for being a bunch of sanctimonious jerks. That's number one. You got to apologize for that. Then you got to apologize for Tom Brady and Deflategate because that guy's a cheater and I haven't gotten over it. Too soon? No? Yes? What? Um, Number three, you got to apologize for sending all of those leftists who couldn't afford Massachusetts anymore to New Hampshire and trying to screw up that state. That was just rude. That was just rude. That's what you people do. You screw up where you live and then you're like, oh, you can't live here anymore. And then you go to another state that's like kind of awesome. And you're like, let's screw this up with the policies that didn't work over here. A lot of apologizing you people have to do over there in Massachusetts. But don't ever allow anybody to uh, bog you down with um, uh, comprehensive immigration reform nonsense conversation. No, 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 no. We need specific policies. And it's something we're going to get into. We're going to be doing Border Week. Um, I think in the next month or or, or so, uh, Border Week, we're going to be doing on the show uh, interviews with Border Patrol, interviews uh, with policymakers. What is our issue and what what are the level of solutions? Because it isn't just one. There is no one size fits all. You have a multiplicity of issues and whether you want to address them or not is inconsequential to the fact that you have to address them. Do walls work? Of course they do. But they don't work to stop illegal immigration. They work to slow it down so you can actually catch these people and then you can return them. So that is one part of a multi-part process that is necessary. What's the process for the returning? How do we want to implement that? What is it that we actually need in the country? How do we ensure that? So we're going to break down all of it. We're going to be doing Border Week, uh, presented by Americans for Prosperity. That's going to be our sponsor on that. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to bringing it to you. And, and, and discussing the places of, of agreement and disagreement and why this is, is so sticky. But certainly some things aren't sticky. These people aren't coming to Texas. They're coming to the United States. And it's good that Massachusetts and New York and others learn that immigration is their problem too. And maybe now that they've learned this, 
the pressure will really be on the Biden administration and Congress to actually do the things that are necessary. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Clap, clap, clap your hands. All right, now, we're going to do the basic step. To the left. Take it back now, y'all. One hop this time. Right foot, left stump. Left foot, left stump. Cha-cha, real smooth. DJ Casper. Dead at the age of 58. And sorry, everybody knows it. Right foot, left stump. Left foot, left stump. Cha-cha now, y'all. Now it's time to get funky. To the right now. To the left. Everybody. Every wedding. Every every sporting event. Everywhere. This song. In a world that is totally divided, we can come together on a couple of things. Betty White was pretty awesome. Dolly Parton was next up to replace Betty White. And the cha-cha slide is fun. You just, it, it, it's right there. It's easy as, as can be. Uh, that and you who is delicious. These are the things that we can agree on. 58. First of all, a baby. A child. Uh, secondly, um, I have not met anybody who's like, ah, cha-cha slide, whatever. No. Some things, people. Some things actually do connect us. It's kind of important, if you ask me, to find ways to be connected. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Everybody clap your hands. Come on, y'all. 